Welcome back to the townhouse. This is episode five. I'm joined once again by Gavin, Anthony. How's it going, I'm Xavier. Thank oh. you, Anthony. <laughs> nice to know you, Xavier. Yes, thanks how, for stopping uh, by. How have things been going for you guys? Did you guys expect us to get to episode five? I did not. I thought we were going to get canceled after the pilot. What you like, Gavin would have said something so outrageous that YouTube would have just shut us down immediately. I mean, that's what happened to my last YouTube account. So it wasn't really a racist thing. It was a uh, fourteen-year-old trying to monetize his account type of thing. But we'll uh, we'll ignore the (laughs) the fine print there (laughs) for now. But yeah. So of course. What you guys all know is uh, we are getting towards Halloween. You know what that means. It's Christmas time. What? No! God, please, no! Oh, Christmas music. (laughs) Yeah, true, November 1st. True, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are in America, so November 1st is officially the start of the Christmas season. The Christmas season, yeah, exactly. For Thanksgiving, Almost. you're about halfway in. It's... Do you guys have uh, Halloween costumes picked out? I do. I have mine picked out. Uh, I've kind of kept it on the down low. I'm, I can reveal it on a later episode, but oh, for no, you guys, no. this I is can't our reveal. This is our Halloween episode. You've got to announce it now. I personally don't have one. I have gone through a few costume ideas, but... None of them have stuck because last year was the only year I uh, I didn't do a couple costume with Robin and yeah she uh, she wasn't happy about that so yeah um, I have mine planned out I'm gonna be Ash Ketchum from Pokemon oh wow. and you dress up as him during your wedding too. unoriginal I did wow. so uh, I guess we're gonna skip the whole Halloween thing since uh, Anthony's all secretive <laughs> about his. Halloween costume. It's not that great, but it'll be funny. I want, well, I think it's going to be funny. You can't announce it for the podcast. No, because then you guys will know. You can announce it. I mean, when we record this, it's on Wednesday nights. Halloween's on a Wednesday, so maybe we'll record on Halloween. Ooh, I could be in character the whole time. Yeah. Do it. Hey, how about those news stories? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, the first news story we are looking at is a gender reveal party accident leaves border agent bearing guilt for wildfire. Wow. In this article coming from NPR, Dennis Dickey lined up his rifle and was ready for a surprise. Uh, that's the point of a gender reveal party, after all. And Dickey's in, uh, inanimate target was ready to yield its unpredictable answer just as soon as he fired. But it wasn't a child's gender that was to offer the biggest bombshell of his family bash last year. Wow. You think uh, Dennis Dickey is Lil Dickey? Probably no, not. I don't think so. I think oh. it's just an unfortunate I think it's Chris name. Brown. Oh, Never yeah. mind. It... This isn't Freaky Friday. I woke up in Chris Brown's body. So what's the, what's the point of so, the story here? To break it down, essentially this guy goes and he picks up some explosives from his local gun shop uh, and it says that he is some sort of border agent so i imagine he lives down in like arizona or, or texas or something like that he essentially goes to pick this stuff up it's a gender reveal party so he's expecting blue or pink smoke to come out depending on what they gave him i'm assuming he had some like sealed envelope that he gave the people and they yep. they picked out the right color for him and everything 
But when he fired it off, he ends up creating this this enormous explosion that started a forest fire. Oh man! And uh, it took out forty five thousand acres of land before the fire department was able to get it under control two weeks later so wow so what's the lesson of this news story gender reveals are stupid exactly that's what i got out of it yes i mean tangentially we can actually talk about it but it's the hot new trend yet it just seems like people are it backfires on them sometimes. No, you know too. what it you know ah. what it is. It's oh, that, is that uh, a, I didn't even plan it for that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the best kind is when they naturally flow out. I'm not the, pushing it. The thing is, people want everything to be a big event, a big announcement, and I don't know about you guys, but I don't care, you know, what baby you or anyone is having. Wow. 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 You know, you, you let us know, and I'll say congratulations, and we'll leave it at that. Like, we don't need to have a big reveal party like it's some kind of event, you know? Well, it technically is an event that you're I would, having. I baby, mean, I would, but uh, you know what a big announcement is? What? The NFL draft. With the 22nd pick of the 2014 NFL draft, the Cleveland Browns select Johnny Menzel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, though. Like, aren't you more curious to know who the New England Patriots are going to select with their number one pick than, like, you know, what what the gender of someone's kid is? Like, yeah, I mean, it's what's only more 50, relevant 50. to you? No, I agree. I think the problem is we live in the age of social media where everybody is... They're updating their lives 24-7, basically. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I think are more of an attention grab and it sort of feeds into that, you know, that moment of surprise. We'll get a few extra likes because it's so innocent to, you know, people aren't going to necessarily like your random meme that you shared, but (laughs) they feel obligated to like your gender reveal video or whatever it is. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it'll go viral or something. Maybe Ellen will see it. She'll give you free white vans for the rest of your life. I love Ellen. So there are so many, like, white people yeah, motivational that things one. that in that are you know part of a gender reveal and i'm not saying that other people don't do it but i mean come on <laughs> like 90 percent <laughs> of the gender reveals you see are white people doing stupid white people shit. yeah Very it's embarrassing true. um but anyway not to get too controversial it's our own personal opinions i don't hold it against anybody but personally I I if anybody it's... listening is planning on having a gender reveal party please uh Show, share the video file with us because we yes, are interested in watching them. And also, don't you know use eighty five dollars worth of explosives? Exactly. To <laughs> don't potentially it. cause harm to the environment and or the civilians around you. Yeah. All right, but Gavin, what uh, what else is going on in the world today? Well, here's another fun one: uh, sex crazed fish becoming super horny because of huge levels of antidepressants in the water supply. Wow. I guess what happened is there's a certain antidepressant that entered the water supply um or has been over the recent years i think it's prozac but essentially scientists have been doing studies recently that have concluded that these antidepressants when they can't really be filtered out and so fish are just constantly absorbing them absorbing them and uh it makes them hella horny wow and you know it's funny isn't that uh like along the same lines is that uh, conspiracy theorist who was talking about them turning the frogs gay. <laughs> Alex Jones. I don't 
don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. <laughs> don't mention Infowars. Yeah, you gotta watch out. <laughs> but but this is actually real science. Um, this there was a study done done at Monash University, and it it turns out that when they isolated the variables, put certain male fish in a tank, the ones with the uh, antidepressant in the tank were more likely to mate, you know, wanna... get it on. Yeah, exactly. Let's make make some whoopee. Oh, makes whoopee makes Goldberg? sense to me. I mean, you know, you're you're perked up. You're in a good mood. Why not? Yeah, but some of the other things they uh, they discovered, and this is over the past you know ten years or so, but other things that get into the water supply like cocaine. Cocaine, yeah, baby. Um, they did a study. I think back in 2014, huh. with similar effects, animals showing more aggressiveness and things like that when cocaine was found Just, in the water supply. Yeah. And they were actually, the reason for the studies wasn't they were trying to just test cocaine on animals. It was they found traces of cocaine in the water supply, and then they wanted to see what sort of what environmental the wildlife? Yeah, gotcha. it had. But, I mean, what do, you, what do you guys think of this? Because, you know, obviously... We're not scientists, despite maybe in a previous episode Xavier saying that he's somewhat of a scientist. Somewhat himself. of a scientist. Uh, shout out to the that Spider-Man. Yeah, Norman Osborn. Yeah, <laughs> Spider-Man meme, aka Green Goblin. Right, but I don't know. Just from a a complete opinion standpoint, like, what do you think? What kind of effects might this have? If there's actually, if it's something they can't filter out, antidepressants or cocaine or you know other substances, are you? Is there any cause for concern? Um, and if you guys don't have anything. Well, does it say what kind of fish? Oh my God, who the hell cares? I think it's super if relevant. You, uh, yeah. What if you eat the fish? It's like, then you're eating a healthy meal and you're getting your antidepressants. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, life is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm... might up your sex drive, you know? Well, true. And if well, and then if you eat a fish and there's cocaine in it, you're like amped up, ready for the day. You don't. Eat, you can like have the fish for breakfast. I was gonna say you're coffee. ready for the day. Yeah, <laughs> fish for breakfast. I don't know, Anthony. You, I you live I, a wild life. I uh, I don't eat fish. Wild I don't like life. fish. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not. You know, I don't want to start any conspiracies, and I'm not super concerned about it. But at the same time. It does raise an eyebrow when you think some of this stuff can be getting into our water supply. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's not necessarily bad, but, you know, over long periods of time, depending on where you live, you know, it, could, yeah, it would be interesting to see the results on, you know, if you did studies on those people, you know, testing for those specific yeah. drugs and you things You gotta like also that. think, though, like, all the different stuff that people flush down the toilet that goes into these water treatment plants, some of it's gotta be pretty difficult to get out of the water supply i mean especially when you're talking you know uh serious chemicals that are you know from from different like especially prescription drugs i mean i would imagine that's going to be tough to filter out i i'm not sure if it's getting into a little bit of conspiracy theory to you know think about like what what would actually be involved with our water filtration i don't have any reason to not trust that the water that's coming out of my tap is clean no, I'm, and I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying, like, it would be interesting to see, you know, if a specific area was affected a little bit more and what those long-term effects, effects might be. Yeah. You know, I don't want to draw any conclusions without solid ev evidence, but at the same time... 
friends. You know, all of those antidepressants and things like that, they give you a serotonin boost. Is that what sort of effects does that have on a person long term? Or are those areas lower suicide rates, things like that? It would be interesting to see. I'd love yeah. to see a study done, basically. Sure. Well, what else is going on in the news today, Gavin? A student says she gave cookies containing grandfather's ashes to her classmates. Huh. So based on this article coming from Mashable, a student in Davis, California, has claimed that around two weeks ago, she and a co-conspirator gave nine classmates cookies containing her grandfather's ashes. Now, from what we can tell in the article, uh, it sounds like there's no biohazards, obviously. Um, it's a common misconception that dead bodies are unclean, but at the same time... I wouldn't want to eat someone's grandfather. Well, personally. Definitely not, but... <laughs> agree. I, I agree. <laughs> the, uh, I think at the end of the article it says, well, if you have to be a cannibal, I'd much rather be eating somebody's ashes than some peop- someone's raw flesh. But... <laughs> I don't want to get too weird about it. What do you think this girl's motivation is? Because Well, I'm curious if you think she purposely did it or you think it was by mistake. Because, I I mean, I'm not familiar. I don't work at a morgue or anything. But uh, I would imagine well, it would be an urn on, like, the uh, the mantelpiece. I wouldn't, wouldn't think it would be at a morgue. So No, I wasn't saying she made him at a morgue, but sometimes they may put him in a bag before they... Well, that's what I'm at. Well, so, yeah, Ziploc? Here's, here's my question. <laughs> here's on. Grandpa. <laughs> oh, nice. here, so, again, here's my question, and with some background information, what do you think the motivation is? Because as of the time this article was written, they did not glean a motive from this girl. Uh, the article actually says co-conspirator, so it sounds like it was something that was done intentionally, and uh, she actually did pull out the urn when her classmates didn't believe her. It's getting close to Halloween. It was probably part of a black magic voodoo ritual. She probably was watching a little too much Harry Potter and thought that she could... Wow, I, you know, I, I have seen all the Harry Potter movies, but at, at no point do they ever put someone's ashes in cookies. Oh, excuse me, the polyjuice potion? Do they put a bit cookies? No. No, but they, <laughs> but they do put DNA into... Oh, that's factual. true. In, uh, yeah, in Chamber of Secrets, they do. So... You've been out Harry Potter on this one. Ooh, this wow. round goes to me. Ding ding. <laughs> ding ding. Ding ding. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, I Yeah, I mean that that could be that could be it. It's how old was this girl? I think it said like 9 years old. Um, so it's oh, like grade school. Oh, nine. Okay, for some reason I was expecting this to be a high school. I was student. thinking high school yeah, too. If she's nine prank. years old, okay, she doesn't even know what she's doing. No, she. Yeah, I, yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing. I I don't know though. I, again, how how does stuff like this happen? I, if, <laughs> if if someone had given you a cookie and said, "Hey, that's my dead relative's ashes," would you throw up? Would you spit it out? Would uh, you I wouldn't them? eat it. Yeah, I think given well, her age, we can. Ate. Well, yeah, you wouldn't, obviously. We can excuse it a little bit more as... Child. Yeah. I wasn't asking... I wasn't saying specifically this, what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm also someone who, like, especially, like, with potlucks and stuff, I'm a little hesitant to uh, to eat other people's food if I don't know where it's coming from. Let's well, uh, let's go right. ahead and move on from the news articles now. Maybe go on to uh, the beer of the week. How does let's that sound about to you some guys? Beer, yeah. I like it. All right, so what I brought for you guys today is... Uh, Something from Long Trail Brewing, which is actually uh, 
a brewery located in Vermont. Nice. Um, what we have is Double Bag, a double alt beer. Best enjoy till the cows come home. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm not uh, enough of a beer guy to know exactly what type of beer it was. Um, I mean, it definitely wasn't like, you know, like any of the common ones, like IPA, Porter, or anything. Yeah. But um, I personally enjoyed it. I've gotten this one before. Uh, Anthony, what do you think? I do like this one a lot, actually. Um, I like the taste. It's not, yeah, like you said, it's not too bitter. It's also not that sweet. It's like a perfect, I don't know, the mesh when you get it in your mouth. You get it in your mouth, you know. <laughs> giggity, giggity, you, uh, giggity. No, you take a nice sip, if, especially when it's cold. I mean, the, I just finished it off right now, and it's a little warmer than when I first started drinking it. But the, the first initial sip that I had, I was like, ooh, this one is good. So it's a good choice. I do like it. So if I were to rate this one, I'd probably give it a 7.5. Nice. I did enjoy this one a lot. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little higher alcohol content, um, which I like, and it's about forty IBUs. What's an IBU? International Bitterness Unit. Ah, uh-huh. fun fact. So your IPA. What is that scaled out of? Uh, well, I think the the top, the most bitter IPAs and things of that nature, run to about the one hundred and thirty ish. Oh, range. okay, but. But anything above ninety is, you, you start to weed out, you know, the weaker, yeah, of, yep. of the beer drinkers. Like I, to uh, for comparison's sake, I think a a Bud Light is probably five IBUs. <laughs> a negative three. But forty forty <laughs> is getting into the range of it's something you you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it IBUs are typically directly correlated with, you know, how much you roast the hops. Okay. Right. Something along those lines. Again, not a beer expert. Just done a, a couple brewery tours that, <laughs> that I'm sort of making stuff up on the fly. But yeah, pretty pretty I'm good beer. Of a this is one of the best ones we I think, in my personal opinion, we've had on the show. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, I would I would give it a, a seven point two, just like its alcohol content. Oh. <laughs> I like it. I've had it before, which is case with most of the beers I bring over here. Um, I like the name, I think, more than anything else. It's double Bag? Double Long bag. Trail. Double Bag. No, Long Trail's the brewing company. That's the brewing company. I don't know. I, I would say in terms of the beer itself, I like it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I like it. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven. Solid seven all even. Right. So we're all like fairly similar taste for it. Yeah, but like you yeah. said about Double Bag, you know, it's it's good life advice. It is, exactly. And it's very rare that you find a beer that gives you good life advice simultaneously. That is a valid point. Hashtag facts. Facts. F-A-X. <laughs> Absolutely. As they would say on Twitter. So, uh, Anthony, what's what's our main discussion for this podcast here, episode five? For episode five, our main discussion will be board games. Uh, are you familiar with board games by any chance? I've, I've heard of them, like Candyland and the such. Candyland's a jam. Oh, Monopoly, right? Monopoly Ooh, is fun. Checkers, I think. Is yeah, a board Checkers, game. I guess, is considered a board game. Mm. Chess, <laughs> Batgammon, Nine Men's Morris. No, is that I, a thing. Wait a second. No, that was. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, our, our discussion's going to go a little bit into the more obscure, lesser known uh, realm of board games. The uh, the board game geek realm, if you will. So I guess a, a good a good first question is, um, you know, what what is it you guys look for in a board game? What 
what do you actually enjoy in board games? What's what's something that you're like, okay, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll have a good time with this? Um, for me, the number one feature of a board game is uh, replayability. I think it, it, it kind of goes without saying, but if you want to play it again and you're able to replay it multiple times, then that just says that it's a good board game. I would agree with you, especially like with regards to games that I would buy myself. Um, the replayability aspect is, you know, important, obviously. I mean, especially since you're going to spend easily, you know, anywhere from 25 to, you know, 50, 60, 80, 100 on a game. You, you want it to be something that you can actually get a good bit of use out of. But I would say that what's more important to me than the replayability is the theming. I, I love games that have a really cool theme and something that sort of draws you in adds that additional element um so that's sort of uh taking it a step beyond your basics like monopoly and Candyland. we were joking earlier but you know like like something that's a little bit more interesting has a has a presence if you will you know someone someone get breaks it out and they're setting the game up and you know it's one of those things that's noticeable like oh what's that you know that that's that's something that i think is a draw for me when it comes to games so okay game i'll, I'll yeah i'll keep it uh kind of bland with game not necessarily board game i enjoy like the party type games if you couldn't tell um my voice also <laughs> just cracked in case you couldn't tell so for example the what, what's the name of the game we played last week code names code names i enjoyed code names that one's pretty fun i enjoy the what Werewolf. do you meme and the uh like cards against humanity i will say a negative to those is the cards will start be becoming repetitive Mm -hmm. um, which sometimes you're expecting to get these certain cards, so you it kind of takes away the value from that. So I guess that would be a negative to your replayability, like Cards Against Humanity. wouldn't If you're just playing with the OG deck, I mean, once you get the expansion decks, I feel like then you're more interested in going back and playing it. Um, I also like those games, I guess it would be considered those games as well, but the where you can kind of make your own card, because it gives you, for your whatever friend group or family or... Whatever group you're playing it in, you can uh, kind of throw something in comical that throw everybody playing will kind of understand, which makes it unique to yourself and the party that you're playing with. So right. I guess the next the next question then would be, what what would be your favorite type of board game? Well, I made a little list of a top or my top few: deck building, abstract strategy, euro, and social deduction. Uh, I look less toward the theme of a game, although I think artwork can be a, a component for me. The theme itself isn't necessarily make it or break it, um, but the ability to strategize and to sort of control the, the way the game goes for you. I think that's a really important aspect. I, I dislike games that have a lot of luck or randomness in them and ways and no ways to mitigate them so abstract strategy obviously that's virtually no randomness and euro games very similarly have if they do have an element of randomness it's typically something you can mitigate um, so just as an example something that a lot of people obviously know about Catan or mm -hmm. I've heard it like five different ways Catan Catan. Katon? Katon, Katan. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I call it Katan. Katan. But in Katan, you roll a die every turn, and that has 
that has an effect on uh, the resources you get. But you can, you know the probabilities of each one of those rolls. You can choose to distribute your pieces in a way such that you have a higher chance of getting the resources you need. And being able to mitigate that is a strong part of the strategy. So, Anthony, I want to I want to hear from you on this one because I know that if anyone sitting here amongst the townhouse uh, has a more um, critical view when it comes to board games, it's going to be you. So, I'm wondering, what what is it you you like in board games? And then maybe you can get us started off on our next question, which is, what is something that you just do not like? All right. Um... Well, okay, so favorite type of game in general, I kind of like touched on it a little bit. I really enjoyed the party games. I like getting together with like a larger group of people who, when I play board games with you guys, I obviously know you prefer the strategy type type games, but uh, I think you were the ones that introduced me to the strategy type games, because growing up all my life, I never ever played the strategy type games. I always played sort of party type games or card, any type of card games, and your Monopoly, the always good Candyland. Um, <laughs> um, I, but for me personally, I would like so social deduction. Uh, I guess is so what Gavin said. I, I typically like those because going off of what you just said, you uh, you get a read for people. You kind of like see what people's uh, personality is based off of playing those games. Or it's kind of like a good icebreaker too. I guess if you're uh, introducing new people into it too. Um, it gives you a good laugh every now and then, which I always find fun. I enjoy. And they don't last too long. That's the thing. So sometimes... So short time frame is key. Short time frame. Just because there's you can do more things throughout the night. So on the know. flip side of the coin then, what is it you really don't want to see? <laughs> like, what is it that, you know, is something like I come over, I break out a game, and you're just like, why, oh, God. Why don't you no. uh, give us a, an example of a game that you may bring out <laughs> that I might have sort of a... Not always. Okay, I'll say it's not always negative. I, well, I'll give it to you. What? Do, what's a well, game? Like, you... like a game I would break out, like Gloomhaven, where it makes that uh, very distinctive thunk noise <laughs> as it hits the table. The box itself weighs like fifty pounds, something like that. Close to it. Might right. be as heavy as Anthony. It honestly is probably as heavy as I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I mean, I can I can jump in here quickly, but. The things I dislike in games uh, are, one is event-driven co-op games. I don't like the idea of not being able to form a strategy or constantly having to change it. That's something that I would much rather have incorporated into a sport or something that is a physical activity that I can play in real time. A lot of real-time games and a lot of event-driven games just don't do it for me. I think it's a little too much chaos to control on paper, so to speak. And then... And then? No, and then! Heavy negotiation games that are outside the realm of social deduction. Because a lot of social deduction games do have a negotiation element. But games where you're sort of required to interact with other players in a way to gain resources or other things, or else you can't succeed in the game, those games are easily broken by the fact that certain players can sort of form alliances or, you know, have a grudge against other players for no particular reason other than just competitive spirit. Are you not, saying that's me? Not to call anyone out. Yes, that's <laughs> totally you. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Um, but, but yeah, that's, but that's about it for me. I, just those sort of 
things kind of detract from a game because it really takes away from my ability to form a cohesive path to victory or ha- feel like I am in any control, especially for a long game. Yeah. And I would say I, I guess I'm the flip side of the coin on that one because for me, the mechanics specifically, I can enjoy pretty much any mechanics if it's put to the right theme. So the stuff that Gavin was talking about, you know, whether it's something heavy on negotiation, even something heavy on the luck based, if it's like really thematic and I feel like I'm, you know, in the world of Gloomhaven fighting in a dungeon, or if I'm, you know, a pirate on a pirate ship, or, you know, like a, a lord in Cutthroat Kingdoms, like if I can get into the theme, the mechanics are just mechanics. If there's no theme, limited theme, like especially like the heavy abstract games, I feel like I'm just moving pieces. I'm pretty detached from the whole experience, and I could really take it or leave it. So, I mean, for me, it's theme makes or breaks the game, regardless of the mechanics involved. And obviously, that's going to be a controversial opinion. Well, I think that's where we find (laughs) common ground, though, because there are a lot of good strategy games that have good themes as well. And there, but there are also a lot of abstract strategy games and just strategy games in general that are a lot more bland you know like chess is probably considered one of the all-time uh standards for abstract strategy games i would say that's sort of the the go-to when you think of an abstract strategy game yet there there isn't much much of a theme because even though there's the idea of like knights and queens and kings and bishops and all this stuff you're not really playing into the theme by how you play the game it's just the mechanics of the pieces themselves with specific names but even if you just add that little thematic element let's say you have i don't know harry potter chess or lord of the rings or game of thrones chess and you throw some pieces that are a little more interesting i think that can even you know sort of give give the inclination to play the game again or you know give it another chance even though you know exactly how the game plays just because it's fun you can actually get into it a little bit more I know it. I know it did for me. I know that uh, we had friends in uh, high school who had a copy of Lord of the Rings chess, and I'd played plenty of regular chess, but playing Lord of the Rings chess, where you know the cave trolls were one of your uh, pieces on the board, it, it definitely added a new element that made the game. I don't know. It, it was more involved, more interesting. And I played chess a gazillion times, but every single time I had the opportunity to play Lord of the Rings chess, I was not going to pass up that opportunity. Yeah, exactly. So, for me, the mechanics tend to be the primary focus, but that that theme can kind of bridge the gap for a lot of people. So, we we have a lot of common ground on games where I like the mechanics, you like the theme, and we just both like the game because of different, completely different reasons. Okay, so <laughs> for Gloomhaven, um, <laughs> oh boy, when we first started Tell playing it, I, no, I enjoyed it. I I actually did enjoy it when we first started playing it, but it gets to that. It's a very, it's a long setup process. Depending on the map that you set up, some maps could take as little as an hour, but some could go over the two hour mark, and I think that kind of takes me out of the game as if it's dragging on for too long. Mm -hmm. What I will say a pro that I do like about it is um, we all get to play our cards at a time. Like, and we all are helping each other out, which I know you said you'd prefer more so the, not a co-op. Is it, well, I don't know if you specifically said co-op, but like, um, I enjoy that aspect where we're all kind of on a team fighting off all these 
whatever demons and oozes oozes and dragons (laughs) and whatever the hell mythological creatures are in the game but um i do enjoy that about it i it's the the time commitment to it is kind of what takes me out because i can only play for so long before i start like it's like a little draining for myself i just think sometimes it can get dragged out for too long and sometimes we'll try to do two matches so basically i would say that's my biggest negative uh i will say also quickly um i'm not like huge into the theme of medieval and mythological so that also kind of takes me out of the uh of the experience but it is fun i do i do enjoy it in the beginning but as it's gone on i mean we've been we've taken a good hiatus from it so i'll jump back in we could always, yeah, we'll always uh, be able to give it another try. But I think that, that pretty much rounds out our discussion of, of board games, what we like, what we don't like, some of us more enthusiastic than others. Does it? Does that pretty much uh, sum up episode five? Was it everything you expected, Anthony? It was everything I expected and more, Xavier. Excellent. Gavin? Yeah, I'm, you know, at about half mass now, so... Well, to, to get you a little bit uh, more the way there... Um, <laughs> We're at episode five. I didn't think we would make it this far. I thought that we would have lost interest by now. Uh, if we make it to episode ten, uh, let's go ahead and promise we'll be doing some uh, naked twister. How does that sound? Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Live on, on the podcast, episode gonna, ten. We'll be Stay live tuned. streaming it too, so you can actually watch. Does Excellent. YouTube allow that though? I don't. <laughs> think we'll put it on so. a different platform. We'll do the sound effects only. I think that's allowed. Yeah. Oh yes, Daddy. Yeah. We'll have to find a different. The audio. We'll, we'll we'll let you know what, if we find a streaming service to so you can watch. All right. Well, I, I think that ends it for us. Uh, thank you to our one listener for sticking with us all the way up to episode five, and hopefully there will be many more to come. This is Xavier, Gavin, Anthony, and this has been the Townhouse. <laughs>